Thank you for listening to A Call to Freedom, the audio podcast of Freedom Ministries Church located in Apopka, Florida. I'm Pastor Freddie Fillmore Sr., and I want to welcome you to our church. You can watch our broadcast online every Sunday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can also join us for Shabbat prayer every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Bible study at 7 p.m. on Thursday. For more information on how to watch or to submit a prayer request, please visit our website, acalltofreedom.com, or visit us on social media. The information is also listed in the show notes to this podcast. It is my desire that the message this week blesses challenges and encourage you in your walk of faith. Thank you again for joining us and I pray you enjoy the word. Good afternoon. I'm Pastor Gurley and I'd like to welcome you to Freedom Ministries Church, which is located in Apopka, Florida. I have the privilege of serving as one of the staff ministers. Our pastor is Freddie Fillmore Sr. And we'll talk about some of the services that we're having through the week that we certainly wanna make sure you join in on. Now today, I wanna to talk to you about active faith or active Christianity. But before we do that, let's take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you today. As always, it is our great privilege uh, to set aside special time, precious time, valuable time, so that we can open up our hearts and our minds, our ears, and our entire beings to you so that you can pour in the oil and the wine, so that you can order our thoughts and direct our steps. We truly thank you for all of the blessings that you so richly bestow upon us. We truly thank you for watching over us in these trying and stressful and difficult times. Now today, I pray that your word would reach us at a level that we need to be reached, that your word would inspire us and instruct us, Father, so that we may be more profitable servants in your kingdom. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you would, turn in your Bible, and I hope that you do have your Bibles with you, and I'll give you a moment uh, to grab a Bible because I think it's important that you be able to follow along. We're going to do some reading today. The book is Matthew, the chapter is 25. We'll begin reading at verse 41. That's Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Now, as always, let me give you some background here. Jesus is talking about what's going to happen at the end of time. He talks about the fact that when he comes back in his glory, he's going to bring all the nations of the world together for purposes of sorting. He refers to uh, the different nations as sheep and goat. The sheep will be set on the right-hand side and the goat on the left. The sheep will enter into the kingdom and receive all of the blessings that God has ordained for his people before the foundations of the world were laid. But what we want to spend some time looking at and examining very closely is the sheep, or rather the goat. How it is that these 
nations and these individuals end up being in the category of being goats. And what happens and what's the consequence of being classified as a goat? So now then, if you would turn your attention to verse 41, and I'll start reading. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, I'm going to pause very quickly and tell you that if you ever have the horrible misfortune of actually getting to hell, please understand that you will be a crasher because hell was not prepared for human beings. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. But nevertheless, many human beings will crash that that party, if we want to call it that. Now, if you read this in its context, what Jesus indicates is that this will come as a shock to, to these individuals when he tells them uh, to depart from me. They will be standing in line ready to enter into the kingdom and they will be told, no, you can't enter. And he says that they will be accursed. For I was hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, which means a minority or an immigrant for purposes of our conversation. And you took me not in, naked, and you clothed me not, sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then, and I can just see their faces, then shall, they answer, then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord. And, and, and it's, it's dismay that, that they're expressing at this point, right? What, what do you mean? What do you, I, Lord, when saw we thee an hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to thee? In other words, God, we would have never uh, disrespected you. God, you know we love you. You know we've been devoted to the cause of Christianity all of our lives. What are you talking about? How could we have missed it? Jesus' response is very uh, instructive and very telling because it's the crux of what, what we are going to uh, discuss uh, this afternoon. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Now, my focus as I narrow, as I zoom in, is really on developing what Jesus means in verse 45 when he says, ye did it not. And in fact, if I were to assign a title to this sermon, it would be, ye did it not. A lot of times when we are trying to uh, talk about how good we are, and convince people 
uh, about how deserving and how worthy and how righteous we are, we focus on the things that we are not doing, right? I don't lie. I don't steal. I don't commit adultery. I don't fornicate. I don't gossip. I don't backbite. I don't, I don't, I don't, right? And you know what? It's good that we don't do those things. And another way that we try to assess uh, our righteousness, if, if you would call it that, is that we, we say the right things, right? We think the right thoughts. And, but that's just two-thirds of the equation. There's another piece of the equation or another piece of the pie that we are missing entirely. And this is the piece that these individuals missed that caused them to miss out on eternal life. Because Christianity actually is a doing faith, it's an active faith. It requires us to bring our faith out of the realm of the theoretical into the realm of the practical and apply it. And the way that we apply our faith, the way that we demonstrate our faith, is not by the long prayers and the lofty prayers and the scriptural recitations that we're able to memorize, but it is in what we do for our fellow human beings. And if you didn't catch the, the, the classification, uh, Jesus lists six different kinds of situations where opportunities to serve were presented, but the people of God were so heavenly minded that they didn't perceive that there was an opportunity to be a servant in the kingdom of God. He says, I, I was hungry, right? And you didn't feed me. Oh, I'm on my way to church. I don't have time. Uh, this food is for me uh, and my four and no more. It's not looking beyond the tip end of your nose. And that's a figure of speech. I was thirsty and you didn't give me to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't take me in. In other words, I was a minority or I was an immigrant. I was fleeing my country because the government was falling apart and I was trying to find a safe place for me and my family to live. And you built a wall and you demonized me. And you did it all in the name of God and freedom and democracy. But I was standing at the wall trying to get into a place of safety. I was uh, naked and you didn't clothe me. Uh, I was sick. Most people do not like to visit the hospital and certainly the sick don't like to be there for that reason. But sometimes uh, when people are in the hospital, the one thing that serves as a great source of healing and encouragement and inspiration for them is simply to have someone there that cares about them. And even more so, we live in a throwaway society. The, the younger uh, generation talks about cancel culture. Well, Christians are known for canceling people out, dismissing, writing off people who don't live their lives the way that they think they should live. I was in prison. I made some mistakes. 
I did some foolish things. I deserved to go there, but you never visited me. You didn't have time to come and see about me, to talk to me, to encourage me, to help me to get on the right path. Well, let me move on. Because again, in case you haven't got it yet, in case I haven't said it clearly enough yet, what I'm talking about is the fact that we have to go beyond words, right? Uh, And we have to move beyond words, because if you go to church long enough, you'll know the right words to say in the congregation, among the the brethren, among the saints, whatever uh, nomenclature you use in your church, among the believers, we know the language, we know the code, but it is not what we say that brings glory to God, but it is what we do. Now, I would direct your attention just by way of reference to Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In that chapter, Jesus says, let your light so shine, is what he says, that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, notice he didn't say let men hear your good words. He said let your light shine. How do we let our light shine? By the works that we do. Now, some of you who may have some theological training, you may be saying, well, Pastor Girl, it seems to me like you're saying that you can earn your salvation through works. No, no, not at all. That's not what I'm saying, my friend, my brother, my sister. We cannot earn our salvation uh, by works, but we can express our salvation or our transformation by valuing and caring about the things that God cares about. And I'm going to say that again. It's not about earning salvation. It is about expressing it. Right? Now, again, because I think in this day and time, people uh, think of themselves very highly based upon the positions that they take on certain issues, uh, certain things that they say they, they are about. And Sometimes we like to think of ourselves as being born again, saved, or whatever you want to call it, renewed, born from above, simply because we open up our mouth and say that. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, uh, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to be able to enter into the kingdom. So again, folks, it's not about what you say. It's about what you do. Another way of looking at this, and Jesus was pretty consistent in this, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord? And do not the things that I say. And the operative word and the most important word in that statement is doing. If you want to demonstrate to the world that Jesus is Lord, value the things that he valued. Do the things that he did. You may say, well, listen, I, I love God, and, and you, can't, you can't challenge my love for God. I love him, and, and it's not enough just to confess love for God, right? Uh, we express that love for God by how we treat our brothers or our neighbors. John in the book of 1 John, chapter 3, verse 17, said, But whoso hath the world's goods, and the word goods in the Greek is 
bios, or bios, which is B-I-O-S, and it means wealth. But whoso hath the world's goods, and seeth his brother have a need, and shutteth up the bowels of his compassion from him or for him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? What John was saying is, look, you can, you can, you can quote scriptures all day. You can attend church. You can put a uh, million dollars in the offering plate. Um, and really, that would buy you a lot at many churches. But if, as far as God is concerned, if you have the goods of the world and you see your brother in need and you're not moved with compassion, how can you say the love of God is in you? And the, 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 the implication is you cannot. If you are walking in the love of God, it will express itself in loving God's people. And when I say God's people, I want to be clear about that. That doesn't mean that they go to your church. And that doesn't mean necessarily that they believe the way that you believe. I recall a passage of scripture where the, the Pharisees were trying to uh, narrow their scope of who they needed to be and who they were required to be concerned about. Uh, because the Bible says that we have to love our neighbor as ourselves. So they asked the question, who's our neighbor? And then on the heels of that question, Jesus uh, told the parable about the, uh, the Good Samaritan, right? And in that, in that story, there was a man who was injured. And when the priest came by, and, and, and he, he doesn't use the priest haphazardly. This is a high religious official, right? Someone who is highly respected and highly regarded in Jewish society. The priest came by. Surely he's going to do the right thing. He crosses over on the other side of the street. I don't have time. I'm on my way to the temple. God knows my heart. And then the Levi comes by and what? He does the same thing. And then this Samaritan, who's supposed to be uh, a devil or someone who doesn't know God, who doesn't have a relationship with God, he comes by and he picks the guy up, binds up his wounds, takes him to a hotel, pays for the bill and said, if this is not enough, when I come back, I'll, 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 I'll cover his bill. And Jesus asked, who in that situation, in that scenario was a was a neighbor. And they said, well, it was, it was a Samaritan. And here's the point. A neighbor is someone who uses his resources to help those who are in need. Who's your neighbor? Anyone who's in need when you have the present ability to help. Why is that important? Because we've got to get beyond talking Christianity to doing. And that is the point. We're talking about active Christianity and, and, and these people that Jesus was speaking about in Matthew chapter 25, verses 41 through 46, they were shocked because they didn't realize that they had so many times or so many opportunities, so many chances to uh, help the kingdom of God, to bring glory to the kingdom of God, to cause light to shine in the midst of darkness, and they passed up every single opportunity. And here's my suspicion, and here's my concern, and here's my fear that some of us, some of us, we're walking right past present opportunities to help, to change, to transform, to make a difference, to impact, to actually 
be in a position to lead people to Christ because we are so uh, focused on saying and, and appearing to be righteous, saying things that make us uh, appear to be righteous in the eyes of others. But I've said already, and I'll say it again, it's not in what we say. It is in what we do. First John chapter 3, verse 14, staying there for a moment in the book of First John chapter 3. John says that we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love Uh, we love our brethren, right? That's what he said. Because we love the brethren is what he said more specifically. Now, he also says in this same verse or in the same chapter, uh, verse 15, he says, he that hateth his brother, um, stay with me, he that hateth his brother is a murderer, what? Well, why are you telling me that, Pastor Girl? I don't hate nobody. Well, if you look at that word in the Greek, one meaning of the word hate as it is being used in that context is to love less. Now, my question is, are there people in this world, in your community, in, in your church even maybe, in your church family, in your neighborhood that you love less, that you feel that you have uh, God's permission to love less. You say, well, I, I love everybody the same. I love everybody equally. I don't hate anyone. Well, we, as we are talking and we are discussing today, we express our love not with our words, but with our actions. So now, let me rephrase this question. And is there anyone that we love less because that is a form of hating and if you look at this definition further, what it says is it's postponing love. Meaning, I'll get around to caring about you one day. Is there people that you know have issues that need uh, attention and you have the capacity to help them, but you're not doing it for some reason? Are you postponing love? Are you loving less? Because if you are doing those things, according to John, you are the equivalent of a murderer. Wow, that's heavy-duty language. Thank thankfully, Jerry Gurley didn't come up with it. It's Bible. And what I'm saying is we've got to think deeper when it comes to how we live this thing out, how we walk this thing out. We've got to get out of the shallow waters. We've got to come out of the baby pool and get into the deep because... That is where the transformative uh, uh, action takes place when we're in the deep. We've got to dive in. God needs a few good men and women who are going to be sold out in this concept of active faith. Which brings me to my last thought. If you, uh, just by way of reference, Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Let me set this up. Jesus uh, encounters uh, a rich ruler. And the guy's eager to, to get to the question of what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus begins to go down the, the, the litany of things, right? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and strength. 
love your neighbor as yourself, don't steal, don't kill, whatever. And eagerly, right, uh, the young ruler says, well, look, hey, uh, I've done all of those things from my youth. I guess I'm in. And Mark, uh, this, 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 this story is told both in the book of Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke, in the synoptic gospels. And, and Jesus looks at him and he loves him. That's what the scriptures say. He loves him. He looks at him and he says, there's one thing, there's one thing that you lack. Go and sell all of your goods and give the proceeds to the poor and you're going to have great treasures in heaven. Take up your cross and follow me. Now, let's break that down. Now, when Jesus told that man that, you know, if you were watching a movie or in some of the commercials, you hear the little scratch on the record like, Ur! You, you, you've got this fun and soft and inviting music playing. But when those words came out of Jesus' mouth, you heard that, Ur! what? And he went away sadly. Why? Because he had great possessions. Because he didn't understand that Jesus was giving him a, a once in a lifetime opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God and into the kingdom uh, values at the highest level. He said, you're going to have, he told him, you're going to have great treasures in heaven. But sometimes we're so earthly focused that we can't understand that every day we are playing and plotting and moving toward the eternal. Everything that we do must be done in, in the light of it, in the, in the understanding that we are working toward the eternal. And this young man, he couldn't see that. So not only uh, was he uh, told by Christ that if he wanted to be perfect, that he had to sell all of his goods and give it to the poor. Notice, he didn't say sell all of your goods and give it to the church or give it to the priest. He said give it to the poor. It's consistent with what Jesus starts out talking about what we started out talking about in the book of Matthew, right? Chapter 25, when he talks about these people who are not able to meet their basic human needs. If you are a Christian, if you are born again, if you are uh, in the kingdom of God, if you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, if you have been transformed, if you are walking close with Christ, you cannot ignore, you cannot not be affected or impacted by the plight of society's most vulnerable. The poor, the stranger, the widow, the sick. Yes, the imprisoned. In this country, we have ample opportunity to visit people in prison. Do you know that in this country, and I want you to fact check me, please fact check me as soon as this is over. We imprison more people, more of our citizens than any other country in the world. It's not even close. We imprison more of our citizens than any other uh, nation, and that's tragic. And let me say this also, since we're in the, in the era of Black Lives Matter, it's not equal. Uh, America imprisons about 656 people per 100,000 citizens, compared to the average nation, which imprisons about 140 citizens per 100,000. But when it comes to African-Americans, America 
imprisons 2,501 per 100,000. It's not even close. It's tragic. It's, so if you have the love of Jesus, my brothers, white, black, Latino, Asian, if you have the love of Jesus in your heart, this is a good starting place. People are being imprisoned and somehow our faith does not uh, impose upon us or compel us to speak to these issues. What we're talking about today is active faith. If I could come back to that rich ruler. If we are getting into the, as they say, the deeper depths and the higher heights, love for God creates in us and engenders in us love for his people, love for his creation. And it invites us to come closer and to give more and more and more of ourselves. When John in 1 John chapter 3 was talking about how it's inconsistent to say that you care and that you love God, but you, you shut your bowels of compassion up to your brother. He used as a reference the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love, godly love, compels us, invites and demands of us to give of ourselves. Now, when Jesus told the rich young ruler to sell all that he had and to take up his cross, he was telling him to give at a sacrificial level. Because some of us, quite frankly, we do give. And, and I celebrate and appreciate it, and I'm not trying to in any way diminish or play down the fact that you give. But as we grow closer to God, the, the product of that is that it makes us lef, uh, less uh, focused on what we want and what we need and more focused on others and what they need. And it invites us, it challenges us to, to engage even to the point of sacrificing. And that's what the cross means. We, the cross, we wear these gold crosses around our necks today as a, as a matter of jewelry, but the cross in Jesus' day was a symbol of death. We will never get to the place of loving and expressing our faith the way that Christ wants us to while remaining in the comfort zone. It's not what we say, it's what we do. It's how we do it and it's doing it often and doing it consistently. Let us love and let us live and let us demonstrate our faith by what we do for those that God loves. Amen. Now, friends, I thank you for joining us. As I said at the beginning, I want to tell you about the fact that every Tuesday night we have Shava prayer uh, and you can dial in. Uh, if you look at the, the information that is now being displayed on the screen, it tells you how you can connect. We want to hear from you. We want to join in with you. Uh, we want to help you uh, carry the burden. You know, we want to rejoice with you and we want to pray with you. We want to do whatever we can to be a blessing to you. So please uh, take note of the fact that every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock we pray uh, together and we invite those who want to uh, be a part of that to please join in. And then every Thursday night we are blessed uh, with uh, uh, rock-solid uh, steady, uh, systematic teaching from God's Word, and that comes from Pastor Fillmore. Uh, so I invite you uh, 
to join in. And thank you for tuning in this afternoon. Father, we thank you. Uh, And we just ask, Lord God, that uh, this word would find a place in the hearts and in the minds of your people today. And God, uh, we pray a overall prayer that you would keep all of your people in the ark of safety, Lord. Keep them from sickness, disease, danger, seen and unseen. And bless your people as they seek your face. Speak to them, lead them, comfort them, give them whatever they need, Father. Supply their needs. And we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I pray that you were strengthened by the word. If this message touched you in any way, please let us know by reaching out to us online on social media. Also, please share this podcast and help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you would like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by going to our website, acalltofreedom.com, or go through Cash App. We are Freedom FMC. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ And the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you until we meet again. Amen.